Hello everyone, this is the Hidden from Jehovah's Witness video series 9b. In this video we're going to be dealing once again with how to leave the Watchtower Society without losing your family. I'm going to be presenting to you a presentation done by a gentleman by the name of Wilbur Limble. He did a very, very good job, I believe, in being able to explain some ways of leaving the Watchtower Society without getting disfellowshipped. We're not talking about fading, by the way. He's got some other ideas of things you can do. He wants to give you some pointers of what to do and what not to do when you're leaving the organization. Because my goal, what's in my heart, is I want people to come out of the Watchtower who want to be Christians. If being a Christian is what you're wanting to be, then I'm wanting you to come out of the Watchtower because that is not Christianity, what they're teaching there. And I want to bring people back to the good old-fashioned King James Bible that has been the Word of God in our language for over 400 years. This book is not going to lie to you. This is the book that's going to tell you what the Word of God is and how we are to live our lives. And I want you to understand, there are some who think that... Uh, the Watchtower Society is God's organization. I've heard that often. And I want to explain to you right from the scriptures what God had to say as to who God is using to spread his word today. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. This is what it says. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. So how does he speak to us tonight? He speaks to us through his son. What is his son called in the book of John and in the book of Revelation? His son is called the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father. So Jesus is called the word of God. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is again called the word of God. What else do we call the word of God? The Bible. God in times past spoke to us through prophets, but today he speaks to us through his son, the word of God. You want to hear from God? Bust open a King James Bible and start reading it. If you feel you have trouble reading the King James Bible because of the these and thousand yees, not a lot of those in there, but since uh, people say they have trouble with it, I put together a, a video for you guys to check out. It's free. It's on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jason Zelda. It's called Answering the Critics of the King James Bible. You can watch that, and it'll explain to you what the these and thousand yees mean. Those words are used for a reason. They have, a, they have meanings. They have a purpose. There's a reason why those words are used, and I explain all that, and makes the Bible really easy for you to understand. So if anybody's having trouble understanding the King James Bible, check out that video called Answering the Critics of the King James Bible, and it explains the King James for you and lets you know. We do still talk like the King James. When you hear some of the expressions and terms that we use every day that we got from the King James Bible, ever hear somebody use the term, you're the man? Guess where that came from? King James Bible. When David was confronted by the man of God because of his sin with Bathsheba, it's right there in the Bible. The man of God pointed his finger at David and said, you're the man. Thou art the man. After confronting him with his sin, he points the finger at David and says, thou art the man. You're the man. 
So uh, there's a lot more that I want to get into, but right now I want you guys to hear this, uh, hear this, and hopefully this will help you guys out. If you're trying to leave the Watchtower and you want to be able to leave with dignity and leave with honor and be able to not be disfellowshipped, that's one thing you want to avoid because once they disfellowship you, then as you know, nobody's going to speak to you anymore that's in the group. So I want to give you guys the information that you need, and after the video is done, I want you to grab a pen and a piece of paper. Grab a pen and a piece of paper. After the video is done, I'm going to give you the contact information for Wilbur Limble, the guy who's doing the presentation. I spoke to him yesterday, and he tells me, get the information out there. He wants me to give you a phone number to reach him, email address to reach him. He's wanting to talk to you. He's wanting to try to help you. If you're trying to get out of the group, he's willing to help you out. So let me go ahead and pray the presentation for you. And then after the presentation, I'll give you the contact information so you can contact the gentleman that's doing the presentation. Let's get on with the video. What I have to say, I'm not going to give an easy formula. I wish I had an easy formula with it. What I have to say is a very difficult, very hard thing to do, but I found that it is working and we're hoping and we're praying that one of these men is going to be here with his wife next year. Here. And that's what we're praying for. And uh, so that's what we want to do. So when I talk about divorce, or I'm not here to criticize and talk about, but I'm trying to here to help you something. I have understood that those who have gone divorced, 70% of the people who have gone through divorce have said, if I had to do it over again, I would have worked hard on my marriage. Right. And so there is something there, and we're trying. So I'm not here to condemn you. I'm trying to go out there and help other people who are wrestling and maybe some ideas. This will be going on to tape to many people, and I trust it will be a help and a blessing to them. I'd like to read First uh, Peter chapter 3, and if you have your Bibles, follow it along, and uh, uses this as a text. First Peter chapter 3. Verses 1 through 9. Okay? Now, this is God's word speaking, not me, okay? Okay. Likewise, ye wives, being submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey, obey the word, they without the word may be won by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your beauty be that of outward adorning or arranging the hair, of wearing of gold and putting on a fine apparel. But then let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible ornament of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, a, uh, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter ye are, if ye do good and are not afraid with any terror. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them in understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your uh, prayers may not be hindered. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brethren, be tender-hearted and courteous not returning evil for evil, railing for railing, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you are called to this, that ye may inherit 
a blessing. I have noticed that in many, many cases where both are Jehovah Witnesses and one of them come out so many times they end up in divorce. And let me say to the people listening here, I recommend very highly if you are in this case and you come out, do not get this fellowship. Do not let them disassociate you because it is not right for you to be cut off from your family, your relatives, your own house, and you do not have to do it nowadays. If they threaten to disfellowship you, threaten to sue them. Because the Jehovah's Witnesses, there are many people suing the Watchtower individual kingdom halls, and they are winning. The kingdom hall close to me has a $2 million suit against them, and Brooklyn is not going to pay for it. And so they don't want any more suits, and you do not have to be disfellowshipped and going on. I helped a lady in California. She called me. She's going to be disfellowshipped. In three hours, she had a judicial committee going there. And because she observed Christmas, I spent an hour and a half with her on the phone telling her what to do. She spent eight hours in the judicial committee, and they couldn't disfellowship her. Ever. Because I gave her things, I threw it back on. I said, it's the watchtower that changed, not me. And uh, so it works. So you don't have to be disfellowshipped and disassociated. We're working with a man now who came out. His wife is still in. And now there's conflict because he's out. And he's ruining his chance of, of witnessing. And then also, in so many cases... Whenever one of the partners becomes a Jehovah's Witness, it usually ends up in divorce. And this is a really a sad case going on. Well, don't. And this is the reason. Usually what happens if somebody takes and becomes a Jehovah's Witness, and I'll talk about mainly here those who, uh, they weren't Jehovah's Witness, both of them, but one partner becomes a Jehovah's Witness. What they begin to do after they've done, they begin to study, and they get a lot of facts in their head. And there's a lot of facts out here. And then they start bombarding the other one with all of these facts and boy they're going to talk them out they're going to reason them out they're going to show them that the watch power is wrong oh, and they got all these facts and they're going to hit them with them the trouble is the Jehovah's Witness got their heels dug in too so you're in a fight you're in a clinch and you are going and you are going to hit and that's what's going to happen to you first now what I say to you first if you're in a situation like that if you are not a Christian First, you have to be able to offer the Jehovah Witness something better than the half stuff. If you just get a Jehovah Witness out of the trouble, watch our society, that's good. But if you don't get them into Christ, where have you gotten them? They're still not satisfied. They joined because they were not satisfied. You get out and they're still not satisfied. So the first thing is, you must know Jesus Christ, your own personal Savior. And those that I deal with, I tell them, and I deal mostly with the men, and that's where I'm thinking most. I say, you get into the Bible. You begin to read the Bible. You begin to study the Bible and find out what the Bible has to say. Okay? And you come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you show that there's a change in your life, that you have something better in your life. An example of this happened several years ago. A fellow in Detroit Mission called Joe, and that's the one I hope will be here. And he called me up and... Uh, he was from a Catholic background, and uh, I was talking to him the first time, and whenever I was talking to him, I think, well, I'll just witness to him a little bit as I was talking, and I began to talk about salvation, trusting in Christ, sure of heaven and everything, and he didn't blink an eye. I thought, oh man, wait a second, a Roman Catholic, knowing all of this stuff is very rain. Then he said, well, he said, I must have read your book. I have a section in five pages on how to become a new creature in Christ Jesus. He said, I must have read it 50 times. And so apparently he was saved through the book. 
Well, God did a real working in Joe's life. He's got him out of the Catholic Church now. Joe is really growing tremendously in what happened. Through the whole process, his wife has said this, I like the new Joe better than the old Joe a lot better. So Joe has showed his wife that there's a change in his life, and he's made a change in his life, and he's working. And you need to show. By the way, that's interesting, I'm doing with a, a Greek man. He's a Greek Orthodox. He was raised in uh, Greece for 20 years. Now he's been in the States. And I'm working with him. Joe and the Greek Orthodox. But I think he's been saved because I've emphasized the fact is that you need. And, and Tom has really changed. He has a peace and a joy and there's something about it that's different. So show them that Christ makes a difference. And this is what I tell you. The first thing you want to do, do before you hammer them with all of these things, show that Christ is living, Christ is real, and you have something first in Jesus Christ, something to offer them as they come out. So this is a very important thing that you must do uh, going on to it. And then I tell the men particularly... I say, before you ever start arguing with your wife or husband about Jehovah's Witness or anything, what you do is, what I say is, start working on your marriage. And I'm working with a man, which I started, and I said, before you talk about any more religion, here's a book I gave him to him, Love Secure and How to Prevent a Drifting Marriage. And I said, you read this, and you try to put it into practice. Well, this man needs it, because him and his wife have thrown out each other's books, they physically fought each other, and it's been a holy war which has gone on. So I says to him, I said, you read this book first, and you put it. And he's talking to me on the phone, and I thought he was crying. He says, it's awful difficult. You know what I mean? I said, yes, it is real difficult to do it, but make a change. I have another one here. If you only knew what your women uh, can resist. And to get some books, and beginning to work on your marriage, begin to show a change in your own life, and I don't think any of us would hurt if we would begin to get some books and work on our own marriage. But begin in your own life first to make the change. And you start inward, and this is what I'm trying. And as they begin to see a change in you, let me give you an illustration. I have done carpenter work, and I did carpenter work before I went to Japan. You don't know, we were there in, for 35 years from 1954, in 1989, my wife and I, we have five children out there. But one time I came home in furlough, and I was helping my brother, who's 18 years younger than I, he put in kitchen cabinets and bathrooms. He was a Christian, so we would go into a home. There's no talking about drinking, no smoking, no dirty stories or anything. And my brother and I, when we work, we have a good time. We just tell each other that we have a great time. And usually after we were in the house for three days, the housewife would come up to us and say, I don't know what I want to say. But she said, there's something different about you, fellas. What was the difference? Jesus, right? And you know, every home that we went in, we had an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. My friend, this is what I'm trying to do before we get into all this fighting and arguing and stuff. Show them that Jesus is real. Jesus makes a change in our life. It's what they do. And I say this, I shouldn't get off it. You know, we tell young people they get saved. And they say, go home and tell your parents. I said, no, don't do that. Don't you dare to do that. On the way home, go by and get some smelling salts at the drugstore. You go home and you clean up your room. And when your mother comes in, 
and your mother comes in and faints, you got to smell us off the reviver. You see what I mean? <laughs> Say, can I do the dishes? Dad, can I mow the yard? Tell them there's something nipping about Christ. You see what I mean? We need to put some of these things in practice and to create a thirst. And my friend, there's no argument against a changed life. This one man I'm helping, every time that I have ever heard when a person becomes a Jehovah Witness, they destroy marriages. If they were of God, they would be building marriages, not destroying marriages. And I want to show them that we as Christians, we have something to work on. And then another thing is, in most marriages, there isn't much communication. If you can talk for 15 minutes, you and your wife, without getting in an argument with railing accusation for accusation, you're lucky. But you know what happens? We get up and we get fighting back and forth and it gets into a big fume and or we really have a big fight. Just, I forget about the Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, so most places where one member becomes a Jehovah's Witness, usually conditions have broken down. Now, there might be rarities and I'm not condemning, but in most cases the marriage is broken down and there's not the real communication that there should be. And so that's what, so the communication barrier is broken down anyway. And you're very good at arguing. So you don't have communication there. And here you're adding a holy war on top of it. Well, where are you going to get? So why is that? Build your communication spill on everything. Don't argue about the watchtower. And it takes time. It takes patience. I've been married for 45 years. And I know it takes a lot of work and a lot of patience, but it's worth it. Improve your communication skills first before you get anything. Because you're not going to get anywhere. Because you, you don't know how to communicate and get across uh, working. And so you begin to build your communication. Begin with something that you agree with. Now, you men, I'm going to be hard on you. Very, very hard on you. Because to build a good family relationship, you have to learn to listen. My friends, if I could tell you the most important ingredient in a good marriage is to be able to listen with interest. I made a stupid mistake when I was married. I prided myself that I could do two things at once. And while my wife was trying to talk to me, I was doing something else. It was the biggest mistake I ever made in my life. But if you learn to concentrate and listen, because when you listen to a person with interest, you put dignity. You say they are worth listening to. You see what I mean? And so you're putting value in. So learn to listen. And sometimes we men, we want to always put our two cents in. Women don't want your two cents. They just want you to listen. All they want to do with you. And I'll tell you, until you learn to listen, you're not going to make much progress. And by the way, in witnessing to Jehovah's Witnesses, if you can't listen, you can't witness. And I'll tell you, it's so important I just started dealing with a Jehovah's Witness man, helping this one man whose wife is a Jehovah's Witness. They're there. And boy, that man has put his foot in his mouth so many times that I can use just because I listen to him. And so listen and build your communication skills uh, on it. And then what I say is, and this is what happened to me. One time when Joe came home, he told me on the phone, his wife had been studying the Watchtower material and she hadn't been taking care of the housework, cleaning the house and preparing meals. And so he jumped all over his wife. I said, Joe, you don't do that. You do not do that. You do not scold them for watching them. I said, what you do, you watch and learn how to praise and encourage. Now, there's a difference between praise and encourage. 
Whenever you encourage a person, you say, that was very thoughtful. That was very sacrificial what you do. That was very loving when you did that. Learn to praise. And I told Joe, look for everything that you can do. The first thing you look at something your wife did, be learn to praise her. And I'll tell you, some of you say, boy, my wife, that's hard. Or my husband, that's hard. No, you look around, you can find it. And if you begin to see things, little things at first, and they'll begin to build up, and people like to be praised. You see what I mean? What we're trying to do is break down the opposition. And so look for things that you can praise and encourage. So first you have to build up a rapport and a trust. And if you don't have a rapport and a trust, and marriages, a lot of them don't have rapport and they don't have any trust. And that's where you have to first begin to work and going on. And you have to take the argument out of it. While you're arguing and fighting back, and I say this, Reverend, Jehovah Witnesses are excellent on arguing. You will never out-argue a Jehovah Witness. I don't care how good you are. You just can't do that. But I say, you can out-love them. And that's why I call my ministry, Love to Share. this is the, my approach. I want to love them into the kingdom, not arguing. And we can love people in. And I'll tell you, everybody drinks up love because there's not much of it out there. And if you begin to show some love and respond in this way is what you're going to have to do. And get rid of this argument. Build up this uh, communication and what to do. Start where you agree. Now, every one of you, if one partner becomes, you ought to be able to start reading the Bible with chapter day. Does your witnesses believe the Bible? You believe the Bible? Start with the Bible. Use the world, New World Translation. I know there's difficulties in it, but it's better to use the New World Translation. And if the Jehovah's Witnesses read it, they'd be saved. There's enough in there to be saved. Take away the tension. You don't have to get rid of it. You start and you get, well, what did your Bible say? And this verse says this. And you get arguing about what the verse says instead of really which Bible is the right one instead of what the verse says. You see what I mean? And so even if you agree on another translation, that's fine. But if you read the New World Press, read it together, uncommented. But there's a tricky way to do it. If you're reading and you see something you say, you just stop and you say, just a minute. And the wife sees where you stopped. You see what I mean? You just read the verse again and go on. But you can emphasize the verse without saying anything is uh, what you could do. And there's actually things to do. Learn to apologize. Learn to apologize. I don't know. For men, this is usually pretty hard. But learn to apologize. Say where you made a mistake. Hey, they'll appreciate it. And there's no, nothing wrong with a man apologizing. When you apologize, you come about ten inches taller is what you do. And that's what you need to uh, do. And if the man... Take your wife out on a date. Fine, I appreciate that. <laughs> Maybe some of you sitting here should take your wife on a date. On the deal. Lately, my wife and I have been gone on some terrific dates, and we've had some wonderful times. I'll tell you, it's really wonderful to go on a date and start talking about before you were married and some of those romantic things and different things that you do. I mean, it's sweet, it's wonderful, and it's really a good thing to do. But take them out of the day. Don't argue about your whole witness stuff. 
But what I'm trying to do is get them out of the Jehovah's Witness mentality. And as you're out in the day, begin to recall your courtship. We begin to recall some of those nice things that you did. You see, now you're only Kaisen. But remember there were things before you got married that you enjoyed? You really remember that? Uh, I know some of you have forgotten them a long time ago. But you can take them out and then show them that they're worth something. You see what I mean? And, and put some, a little bit of dignity on them and go on to there. Now some of you say, well, how are we going to get this person out of the Watchtower Society? Well, there is a way. Generally, when a husband and wife begin to deal with these things, the tension is too much, it's too hot, and it ends up into too much clashing. And this is what I greatly recommend. And this falls in, and the Jehovah's Witness want to do this, particularly if it's the wife, and she will try and get the husband to study with one of the elders, okay? To me, my friend, it's the best way to do it. What you do, you agree that what's called, we will study the religious thing with an elder there, there, okay? And whenever the elders come in, and you can talk to the elder back and forth, okay? What happens is you put your wife in neutral. She doesn't have to answer anything, and she can listen to both sides of the conversation. And she can go back and forth on the whole different thing. I was doing this with one man who was helping, and I always start by giving my testimony. I've never had any trouble with it. Two times later, the wife was talking about something, and I was talking how when I was saved, I got rid of the burden of sin. And she said, you know, you were talking about how you got rid of that heavy burden of sin, and this is what she's doing. I said, boy, she caught on. You see what I mean? And so you can begin to deal with the elder. You don't have to deal with your wife directly, and you can begin. And I'll tell you a little bit. You use my book, and you use the material. They want to use the knowledge book, and you can win if you watch how to do it. It's not a head knowledge. It's a psychological warfare which you're fighting. You're not going to win it from the head. There's another way that you can win it, and you can do it. And you can be successful if you listen to what I have to say and take it step by step. And therefore, you can do it. And your wife, and I'll tell you, you can confound these elders. But you've got to keep it on the watchtower society. Not doctrine, not Bible interpretation. On the watchtower society, they don't have answers. You see what I mean? And you're sitting there, and you're talking, and this elder, he don't know how to answer. Well, what's that saying to the wife? Hey, wait a second. There's some things here that aren't quite going on. And they have given us some tremendous ways of witnessing in their book is what we have to do. You follow where I'm going? You see what I mean? And what you do. And one of the things you do, do is you ask questions. Now, this is the thing when you, I'll talk about it. Always ask, never tell. Always ask, never tell. And never answer questions. Their questions are trick questions. And don't think you're going to be the first one to explain it to them because they don't want to know. They're just trying to get you confused up. And so you work on this. Never call the Watchtower Society a false call. Call them of the devil. That doesn't help your interest a bit. <laughs> don't throw out their books. They have just as much of a right to have those books in your house as what books you have. I know they're bad books. But a husband and wife have certain rights in the family, and they have them. You don't like what they do, but they have a right to have them there. And I feel that there's a right to there, there and you don't get anywhere by throwing them out on the whole uh, situation and going on. Do not make them study in secret. There's one lady, she would have to go to bed. The husband would go to bed. She'd study late at night. I said, Tom, don't do that. Tell them, look, you study anytime you want you don't have to hide your books. You don't have to do it because they're being persecuted and you're only helping them and going on. Now, please, people, 
Be patient and listen to what I have to say. I'm saying something that's very serious here, and I think I'm right. The children belong to both of you. And I feel that the Bible says the man is the head of the home. And I feel that. If the husband is a Jehovah Witness and he wants to take the Jehovah kids to the Kingdom Hall, he has a right to do it. And if you can talk and they won't do it, he has a right to do it, and you can take it, they, they go. Now, don't get upset. You women, you have a tremendous opportunity to love your children. Meet the emotional needs. You have more you can counteract that Kingdom Hall in so many ways by being loved and sweet and kind. You go all day with those kids. It, and you can counteract it a far out. And don't make a big issue. I have a lady that's a big issue. The man gets up two hours early before the wife does. They live out in the country. They have two cars. He makes one so don't operate. Takes the kids two hours early. Takes them to Kingdom Hall and gone everywhere. I told the wife, I said, when he, next time he does that, make the best meal that you've ever made for him. Is what they're doing. And so you take him and what you do. And so they have a right to do it, but I think you can counteract it in other ways. The reason I say this is, in Japan, we had a lady that was saved, and she wanted to be baptized, and baptized is very important in Japan. Her husband was against being baptized. I believe in an order case he's unsaved, he's still the head of the home, if he said no, he said no. That's what I figured. So we said, okay, if the husband says no, we're going to know. We baptized her by proxy. We said, we will take, you want to be baptized, we will take your will, and we accepted her into a church member. This man was really against her being baptized. Do you know what happened? Three years later, the husband come up and said to the wife, don't you think you ought to be baptized? And you know what? We had another wife. This husband was me. He said, the wife had to be home exactly at 12 o'clock to prepare his meal on Sunday. Exactly at 12, not two minutes later, exactly at 12 o'clock. So she told me, so I arranged my sermon so I could get done in time. She would have to leave before the closing a little bit. So I worked with her so she could get home at 12 o'clock. We didn't fight her. You know what happened? After a while, he forgot about the 12 o'clock thing. You know what, though? That husband, when I used to go and talk to him, he would just get up and walk. He wouldn't say, excuse me, or anything. He'd just walk out. I was just in Japan, and I sat there, and I talked to him for a long time, talking to him about Jesus. My friend, I think if we honor God, God will honor us. And I still feel there's a biblical honor, and I know we live in a different way, but this is something I'm trying to do it, and uh, trying to honor God's Word. And God's Word will take it, and God will make up for it, and work through what's going on to do it. Uh, in order to prove your communication skills, if you have a wife, ask her about the meeting. How was the meeting tonight? How was your visitation today? That's hard gone from door to door. But show them that you understand. You see, but they, I had talked to one husband, he said, well, all the things he wants to talk about the witnesses. Well, that's fine. Build a communication skill and let them know that you are interested in what's going on. You've got to build communication skills, what is uh, going on. If your wife is late, go on to the meeting hall and say, Honey, what can I do to get ready to go to the hall? There's nothing wrong with that. She's going to go. But the more you cooperate, the less tension you build down, down and you're going to win out in the end and take it out. If you have children, there's a way. And I say to men, take your children out on a date. Take them out to McDonald's. Learn to communicate with them. But if you're ever with your children, when your wife is not, never, 
run down your partner from the kids. That's not fair. Only say the nice, wonderful things that you can say about him, and the wife is going to ask him, and all Daddy said was wonderful things about him. You see what I mean? And this is the thing that we want to do. And, uh, uh, then. and then also find out different ways to communicate. Sometimes you have to say the same thing in a different way and working on. Then I say another thing. I am convinced that the reason the watchtower is against holidays and birthdays is to break up families. There's really no rhyme or reason for it. From biblical terms, there's no rhyme or reason. Okay, don't fight it. Don't fight it. What you can do, you can have Thanksgiving on a different day. You can have a complete Thanksgiving meal. You can bring all the family together and the Jehovah Witness will come. You can have Christmas on another day. You can give Christmas presents. Don't wrap them in Christmas presents. You don't have to do it. My daughter wrapped them in funny papers for kids, which is really a thing. And they won't accept Christmas presents. You can have a birthday party on a different day without cake and give different. Why do you have to make tension in what's called? You're winning because you're getting the family together. You see, don't let them win everything. But somebody, I'm going to have it on the 25th. All right, you're going to have it on the 25th. But you're going to lose. You see, there's some other ways that we can work around this and to get rid of the tension and break down the tension and the thing. Because the Jehovah's Witness love persecution. And anything you can persecute them, you're doing it. And my friends, we're persecuting them. We're playing into their hands. We don't have to do that. And we can do uh, the things on the whole thing. So what I'm saying is, first work in your own life. If you're not a Christian, you need to get into the Bible and get saved. You need to begin to work in your own family life. And I'll tell you, there's a long ways that we can all go and show them that there's a change. And there's something different that you're working on. What in the world would happen if a total witness wife begins to see her husband read a book like that? I mean, boy, she'd be thrilled, right? I mean, there's got to be some things in those ways that we can talk about. And so we begin and begin to work on our communication and begin to practice on uh, these things. And then another thing, teach them how to think. Jehovah Witnesses don't know how to think. It's a very difficult. So you have to teach them how to think. I had this fellow, Joe, out in Detroit, Michigan. He was saying, he said, he's playing Scrabble with his wife. And I thought, boy, this is nice that Joe's finally getting together with his wife and playing a game. And then he talked to me again about playing Scrabble. And I said, oh, now I catch up. You have to think to play Scrabble. And he's teaching his wife, he's being something nice, but he's playing Scrabble, teaching his wife to do something nice, but he's teaching how to think. You see? And uh, so there's, there's ways to, to get around it. <laughs> and the last thing I have to say is very important. Learn how to meet your partner's emotional needs. My friends, I don't care whether they're Jehovah's Witness, I don't care what they are. If you learn how to show an interest in them, you learn how to meet those emotional needs. Because almost everyone joins a cult because they had an emotional need. And if you begin to meet that emotional need, they no longer need the Jehovah's Witnesses. They have you to understand. And your partner holds a key in this. And if you show that you understand the key, you can work, and I think there's a lot of things to do. I hope maybe these things are some help to you. I want to break down. I want to try to keep marriages together. And I'll tell you, it's worth all the work to do it. And as I say, my wife and I have been married 45 years, and it hasn't been always easy, 
But I've had this work, and work on our marriage, and I'll tell you, it's wonderful, and it's sweet, and it's something that can be really a precious time if we begin to work in. And I would see these things can happen, and I think instead of playing in the watchtower's hand, that we begin to work and uh, do something different. Well, there's the presentation, and hopefully it was very helpful to those of you out there who are wanting to get out of the Watchtower Society, but you're not wanting to have your family busted up. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the video, Wilbur Lingle, who did that message there, I spoke with him yesterday. He tells me, go ahead and give out his phone number so you can call him up, leave a message for him, and he'll get right back to you the same way he got back to me. Also, there's an email address here. He has resources. He's written books. He wrote a book called uh, What the Watchtower Society Doesn't Want You to Know. So he has a lot of books, a lot of resources and things to help you out. Phone number for him, 848-210-6035. You can call that number, leave a message for him, and he'll get back to you as soon as he can. Email address for him. Helen East, H E L E N E A S T 777. No spaces or anything, just Helen East 777 at AOL.com. Helen East 777 at AOL.com. So that's the ways to reach him if you're wanting to get a hold of him to get some help in getting out of the organization and being able to get your freedom back that you deserve as a human being, get your dignity back, hopefully get your family back into your life. And my my goal and desire is I want people to get saved. I want them to have their sins forgiven. I want them to know the truth about what the Bible teaches. And I want to get people away from these fake new versions and back to the King James Bible. Back to the Bible that's going to tell it like it is. It's not going to pull punches. It's not going to cut corners. It's going to tell you exactly what it's all about. What's the story of this book? The story of this book is real simple. You and I have sinned. We've all done wrong. We've all broken God's law. He gave us Ten Commandments. We can look at those Ten Commandments and clearly see we've broken at least one. This Bible tells us if you break one, you're guilty of breaking them all. If you broke one, you need forgiveness, and there's only one that has the authority to forgive sins, and that is Jesus Christ. So you come and you pray and you ask him to forgive you of your sins, and he'll forgive you of your sins. Some say that's too easy. It's easy for us, but it wasn't easy for him because he's the one that had to leave the glory of heaven and come down here, take on a human body. He's the one that had his back whipped. He's the one that wore the crown of thorns. He's the one that was paraded down the street and beaten. He is the one that was nailed to a cross. He's the one that took a spear in his side. He's the one that went through all of that for us so that we wouldn't have to suffer the wrath of God. It's easy for us because he paid the hard price. And all he asked us to do is believe. That's it. He didn't ask you to go door to door. He didn't ask you to be good. He didn't ask you to do all this other stuff. He'll take care of all that. He'll change you from the inside. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. He'll change you into who he wants you to be. So that's what I'm telling people. Let's get back to the King James Bible. Again, if you're having trouble understanding the King James Bible, 
youtube.com slash Jason Zelda. Take a look at my video I put up there answering the critics of the King James Bible. And I explains the King James Bible to you. I explain to these and the thousand of yeast what they all mean and why they're important and needs to be in an English Bible so that we'll understand it. It makes it all easy to understand for everybody. So guys, that's it. I'm working on part C, part C, 9C of this series. So keep me in prayer, guys, because I'm really working on something that I'm really hoping to help uh, people out quite a bit. So keep me in prayer as I'm continuing to do this. It's a lot of work for one guy to do, man. I'm not married, no wife, no kids, no girlfriend. It gets kind of rough sometimes, but I'm praying the Lord will send me somebody soon. But as, you know, in between... I'm keeping myself busy doing the things of the Lord and trying to get his word out there. So uh, until next we meet, may the grace of my God, Jesus, be with you. Good night, everybody.